This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Well, joining us now is Victoria Coates. She is a former Trump deputy national security advisor. She's also now the vice president for the Davis Institute for National Security at the Heritage Foundation. Victoria, great to have you here. Thanks for having me on, Rita. You know, it's incredible to me that President Biden, everybody knows when the 9-11 anniversary is coming. I mean, to me, it is such a somber, important day uh, to honor the heroes of 9-11, all the precious lives that were lost. And here we have the president of the United States, this president, the first one in 22 years since the attack, who is not commemorating that date at one of the attack sites or at the White House. What is your reaction? He's coming back from a climate conference in Vietnam. Well, I wish I could say this was shocking. But remember, this is the same president who two years ago vowed to end the war in Afghanistan on the 20th anniversary of 9-11, which was one of the most boneheaded political decisions and military decisions that's been made in easily half a century. And so he he doesn't understand 9-11 clearly. And that the fact that he's going to some climate conference in Vietnam after going to the G20 in India that Xi isn't even going to is ridiculous. The president of the United States should set the schedule. If he wanted to be back in the continental United States at one of the crash sites on the anniversary of 9-11, he would be there. Make other people work around you. You don't you don't play by their fiddle. You 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 set the schedule. And the fact that he's using this as an excuse to say, oh, I could only time-wise get back to Alaska. I will mark it on U.S. soil. But at some military base in Alaska, this doesn't pass the smell test. Yeah, it doesn't pass the smell test. And especially everybody knows it's not a surprise. The date is the same every year. You know, when you see that date, you know, I always have like I have a lump in my throat because I just think about how horrible what happened to America that day. Doesn't he look at his schedule? Doesn't his staff look at his schedule? I mean, I have to wonder, Victoria Coates, like who on his team said it's a good idea not to be at one of the attack sites on 9-11? I mean, didn't they say, hey, Mr. President, maybe you shouldn't go to this thing or maybe you should leave early, whatever the case is? Or, or make them change the date. And you have to wonder if they're worried after all the negative press they got this year from the Gold Star families of the 13 heroes who were killed at Abbey Gate in Kabul. Uh, it Finally, their story started to come out this year. And more attention was focused on what happened in Afghanistan. And if you look at Biden's polling, it really cratered after the surrender in Afghanistan and has never recovered. And I think they're worried they're going to go to ground zero and get booed, quite frankly. Uh, And so for them, this was a convenient way to say, oh, we can't possibly go. We're going to have to run to to Alaska because we're out off doing the business of state. But that's just it's just not credible. And if he wanted to be there, he would be there. He doesn't want to be there. Yeah. And what a sad message, I think, that that just sends. You know, you talked about Afghanistan and the dismal withdrawal. It is still amazing to me, Victoria Coates, that no one's been held responsible. No one's been held accountable. No one's been demoted. And the White House continues to say, what chaos? Everything went well. It was a success. 
I mean, that is also, I think, a slap in the face, uh, certainly to those family members who lost loved ones, but to all Americans. No, it, it, it's, it's quite extraordinary. And I, I have had the opportunity in recent weeks to talk to some of these families. It's been a tremendous honor. Uh, and one of the questions I asked is, was all, were all 13 families, you know, conservative Republicans when you started this journey, which obviously was sort of taken at random? They're just 13 people chosen out of the uh, out of the, the folks who are serving. And they've to a man said, no, you know, we have some Trump Republicans. We have some Democrats. We have some who are resolutely unpolitical. But the way that they've been treated has united them. And that's that's really extraordinary. You've got to work hard as the president of the United States to alienate all 13 families to this degree and make them feel so disrespected and so unappreciated. And you know what what this decision about the 22nd anniversary of 9-11 says to me is not only does he not care about the thousands of Americans who died that day, he also doesn't care about the thousands of Americans who have been fighting for 20 years to avenge them. And it's just, it's shameful. It is shameful. Um, You know, what an honor, as you just said, to be able to speak to those Gold Star families. To me, they have been so courageous and so eloquent. And it's heartbreaking when I hear their stories. I know there's one of them, uh, one of the Gold Star moms who talks about how he kept looking at his watch, how President Biden kept looking at his watch uh, when her son's casket was coming, flag draped casket coming off the plane there in Dover Air Force Base. And then all he did was talk about his son. And she was really offended, understandably so. Here's this just gut-wrenching moment. And he's talking, looking at the time, also talking about, you know, his family as opposed to their families. I mean, to me, that that to me speaks volumes. It's just bizarre. And, you know, I mean, I, I knew Bo Biden. He went to Penn with some very good friends of ours. He was he was a good person. And I mean, obviously, it is tragic what happened to him, his death by brain cancer. Absolutely. And one has tremendous sympathy for the Biden family for that loss. But it, it that doesn't make you a gold star family. It means you're a family who had a tragic loss. And so for him to keep insisting that Bo came back in a in a in a flag draped coffin and it's somehow the equivalent is is like when he goes to the Hawaii wildfire site to Maui and says, Well my house almost burned down. And you look at it like, well, no, you had a small kitchen fire and lost no one. You didn't lose a pet. You didn't lose anything of value. As a matter of fact, from Jill Biden's account, you were excited at the end of it because you were going to get a big insurance check and be able to do a bunch of repairs to your house. So he just I mean, everything is about him. Nothing is about the American people. And I think that's why. There is such a visceral reaction against him. He knew in the lead up talked about that polling and how just disastrous it is that when you have 70 percent of your own party who don't want you to run, you're, I mean, you've you got to work hard to achieve that. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. 
With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. Do you think it's the age? Do you think it's, you know, uh, physical, mental, or do you think it's it's philosophy coming through? I might embrace the and there, Rita. I kind of think it's all of these things coming together, that he is aging. Uh, he does appear to have some cognitive issues. I'm not a doctor, uh, so I'm not going to speak to those. But certainly it is also his philosophy. He doesn't see 9-11 as a profound moment in American history. It's sort of an unfortunate blip. Uh, And I'm sure he would blame George Bush for it, uh, if he possibly could. So so I would say all those things are coming together in a just historically unlikable president. You know, you talked about um, 9-11, which we talked about at the beginning. He's working also, uh, at least the administration is considering a plea deal for Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, who is the mastermind of 9-11. He and some of the others. What What's your reaction to that? I know the families are furious. I mean, my thought of, of all people don't take anything off the table. These are the ones who organized 9-11 along with Osama bin Laden, Victoria. Oh, exactly. And KSM, as he's known, is, is truly the worst of the worst. And if you can't get to a, a, uh, a death sentence for KSM, then don't have a trial. I mean, at this point, we, you know, we're 22 years into this thing. What, why would we insult the families this way? You know, my understanding, we have a lot of some of the finest legal minds who have been working on these issues, both in and out of government for years at Heritage, like Collie Simpson, for example. And, you know, Collie is becoming concerned that a plea deal might be the best we could do. But at that point, why are you doing it at all? You know, it, it just it, that then that person should just be incarcerated and should not have the benefit of knowing, as you say, don't take it off the table. Just you know, just if this is if this is an intractable situation, don't insult the families on top of everything else. Yeah, just let it continue and just make sure they never see the light of day. Um, you know, exactly. as we're talking about Afghanistan too, so many mistakes made, and there have been new reports of late that we've heard in recent months. And you've seen them, I'm sure, publicly to Victoria Coates, that there were so many opportunities to get especially the suicide bomber there at Abbey Gate, who, you know, killed our precious servicemen and women and also uh, many Afghans as well. You know, when you hear the background that apparently we had the guy in our sights, uh, then uh, they were told, don't take the shot. They weren't given the orders to do it. And then also when there was a hotel room nearby where uh, the mastermind uh, was planning it, right, and some others. And apparently we left it in control of Taliban to take care of the security. I mean, this is nuts. Right. I mean, apparently we asked the Taliban to raid that hotel and they declined. And we had nothing we could do because we had pulled out so many people. We had no more capability. And all of that was orders from the White House that we were to get down to a certain number Uh by August 1st, and then that degraded our ability to provide our own security, so we were dependent on the Taliban. You had basically a game of hot potato going on between the State Department and the Department of Defense, 
and the NSC was asleep at the switch because as an old denizen of the NSC, I can tell you that's, that's what you, that's your job is you have to take on the unpleasant tasks and you've got to grab the, the departments and agencies and bash their heads together and force them to do what they're supposed to do. Because if you don't do that, they're just going to drift off into a more comfortable position. It's not my problem. It's their problem. I'm not going to do this unpleasant thing that everybody knows to be a bad idea. But if the president had said, you're going to do that thing, well, then you better make sure your departments and agencies are following the presidential direction. And they didn't. So I really see this as an NSC failure, ultimately. Plenty of blame to go around. Yeah. And also and also uh, many people, though, on the flip side also told him, don't give up Bagram. And the guy apparently came from the prison there in Bagram. Exactly. Because Bagram, you can hold with 2,500. You could do an orderly evacuation from there. That's what the Department of Defense and the State Department know how to do. But instead of taking that easy option because they wanted to get up down below 1,000, they, they said, no, we're going to do it out of Karzai International. And it, it just all of this spiraled from there. And, you know, if with those 2,500, we could still have capabilities at Bagram right now. We could be keeping an eye on Russia and China, who kind of seem to me like they need to have an eye on them. But we don't have those capabilities anymore. Right. And Bagram is right there, uh, very close also to China. So strategically, mm-hmm. you know, and we left all that equipment behind, Victoria. I mean, 80 billion plus of equipment. I mean, to me, what happened to all that equipment? Is it being used uh, in Ukraine by the Russians? I would say it's more being used by the Taliban in Afghanistan. Uh, but certainly, I mean, they would share with the Russians anything that they wanted. They'd also share it with the Iranians. I mean, there's bad blood between them. Sometimes they fight against each other. There's a real bad water problem between Afghanistan and Iran. But that doesn't mean you can assume they won't share stuff with them for the, for the right price. So, so all sorts of bad things can be going on with this. And I remember President Trump saying over and over and over again, not one hammer gets left behind. And we would hear from our friends at DOD saying, oh, but more expensive to wrap it up and ship it home than it is to just leave it there. And he said, I don't care. None of our stuff gets left behind. Yeah, you don't want to leave anything left behind uh, for them and and for it to fall in the wrong hands. And especially you could have put some of it on the C-130s. I mean, it is so, so crazy. Victoria, you know, this week, uh, President Xi didn't show up at the G20. He doesn't seem to be anxious to meet with Joe Biden. Your thoughts? No, he doesn't. And interesting, this is the the important thing that President Biden is going to. So he misses the 9-11 anniversary, as we were just discussing. But in this case, it's particularly embarrassing because Biden's been sending this endless parade, all these senior administration officials to Beijing to try to create some sort of engagement with their Chinese counterparts. And who has shown up in Washington, D.C.? Not a single soul. There hasn't been any senior Chinese representation here. And we've sent four people. And now Xi's not bothering to go to the G20. It's embarrassing that Xi, who's facing some fairly serious economic problems at home, isn't trying to get to the G20 to meet with the U.S. president. It's the opposite. Yeah, it goes with a pattern, Victoria, of this president, how he has coddled or turned a blind eye, I should say, I think, to China. I mean, the spy balloon, he lets it hover. And COVID doesn't insist on investigators getting over there. I just think of so many things. And yet you don't hear anything. Our president barely condemns China. It seems like he gives them a free pass. 
No, it's, it's really embarrassing. And the only conclusion I can draw is that the administration has come to the conclusion that while China is a threat, they're not as big of a threat in their estimation that, than climate change is. And they know, they've pledged to get wow. to zero 2035 in the, in the United States. The only way they can do that is with the cheap, subsidized Chinese solar panels, EV batteries, what have you. They can't build them here. And even if they could in that timeline, it would be prohibitively expensive. Then you have net zero 2050 for the globe, which is what is laid out in the Paris Accords, to which they are now signatory. They can't get there without a deal with China. So if you have decided, which they have publicly said they have, this is their biggest national security challenge, then they have to talk to China. But sad thing there is China doesn't have to talk to them. We just have about a minute left, Victoria Coates. And I want to ask you the $64 million question. Does a lot of this maybe have to do with what, of course, James Comer and others on Capitol Hill are investigating? We know that Hunter Biden was doing deals with China. He came out in court and said, yeah, he got X amount of money. Is there potentially maybe some reason this president's also turning a blind eye? certainly seems possible. And that's just frightening for all Americans, the degree to which the Biden family is potentially compromised in all sorts of countries, which I think not coincidentally are in the news all day, every day, Ukraine, Russia, China, all of these are the countries that Hunter Biden was doing business with during the last years that Joe Biden was vice president and raking in tens of millions of dollars that went throughout the family and has fueled this subsequent lifestyle. And then also the tens of millions of dollars that flowed to the University of Pennsylvania to support the Biden Center, which paid him a million dollars a year. This, again, does not pass the smell test. And God bless the House of Representatives for for doing this work. Yeah, the American public deserves to know the truth. Victoria Coates, you are so terrific. Thank you so much for being with us on so many important topics. What an important last few days it has been. 